Good morning, guys. Thank you so much for that, Tim. That was really encouraging, just the time of prayer and your word. Really encouraging, so thank you. Um, it's so good to be with you all this morning. I agree with Nick. That was a fantastic time of worship, praising God again, being able to sing without restriction. It's so good. So, um, But yeah, as Tim mentioned, we're currently doing a five-part series of fear for the month of August. And uh, Tom preached last week, and it was so helpful. He spoke on the curse of fear, the cure of fear, and the command of fearing the Lord. So when, when I got asked about preaching on fear and fear of the future, I thought, what, what am I going to speak about? What things could I talk about? And I thought, what better way uh, to, to do a bit of research than go down to the waterfront and ask various people what their fears are? So I uh, had some awkward conversations. Some people rejecting, saying, no, no. Some people saying we didn't have any fears. Or, but then there were some really good conversations with people sharing their fears and sharing their heart and just being able to pray with them as well. So we've actually, uh, Dan and I, we went down to the waterfront, and we took some videos. So we've got a little video to show you, and it's just a video of me asking people, do you have any fears or worries of the future? A bit financial worries. Yeah, okay. Um, to the point where, where you just bring on more, you know, because you're in such a state of worry about finances. Yeah. You start to project those, and, and, and you know, things just don't get any better. Yeah. Losing family, losing family, as in like passing away. Yeah. Getting COVID, you're fearful of COVID. Yeah. 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 I think just in some uncertainty, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of fear is due to judgment and what people think, and maybe like our belief systems and values from childhood and things like that mm. that are like incorporated into our belief systems and how we respond to things. Mm. I'd say just achieving the true job that I want to achieve in my life, which is being a lawyer. Yeah, so there's just such a, a great time uh, speaking to different people, asking questions. And some people didn't want to be filmed. Those people that were fearful of being alone, those people fearful of heights, people fearful of spiders. We met this little girl. She was really cute, and she said she was really fearful of falling off her bike. She's learning. So, But, uh, yeah, just speaking to all these different people in the town just made me realize that we have a culture full of the spirit of fear. Yeah. And I think a lot of us experience fear in different ways. Um, yeah, every one of us has experienced fear, whether at the moment or in the future or even in the past. There's been fear that you might have experienced. So we're just going to look at a story in the Bible of fear. 
If you've got your Bibles, I'd, I'd like you to turn to Mark 4. It'll come up on the screens as well. And this is the story where uh, Jesus calms the storm. So the disciples are, are with him. They spent months with him. And uh, yeah, we'll read from verse 35. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious quarrel came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds obey him. So this is, this is quite a, a powerful story because the disciples, they were well experienced fishermen. And they would have been in many storms before. They would have gone out and, and fished before. And you would have thought they'd be prepared for these storms to come. They also had Jesus with them. So the Son of God, and they spent several months with Jesus. Uh, they would have known about the power that he brings, the way he can heal people um, and just raise people from the dead. They would have experienced all this, but yet they were, they were still fearful. These disciples were full of fear. And I, it was in verse 38 where it says, Teacher, don't you care? Don't you care we're about to drown? Um, and the author, Mark, of this book that we're reading from, he writes that Jesus was asleep with his head on a pillow. And I just think, imagine picturing that. Jesus, you've got these disciples all panicking about this storm going on, and Jesus is there just lying on a pillow, completely calm and asleep. And it's just such a great picture, isn't it? Because Jesus has complete trust in the Father. He knows that the Father's in control. And I guess I want to start this morning by asking you guys that question. Are you, uh, are you trusting the Father in your storms of life? Do you trust him? Are you at peace because we know the truth? So for those of us that believe in Jesus this morning, um, he wants you to know that he is in complete control of your life. And if you're not a believer in Jesus, you can experience and know this today by giving your life to him. So we're going to look at seven reasons why fear is not of God. And the, the kind of fear we're going to look at is anxiety, worry, um, maybe phobias, um, a spirit of fear. So we're going to look at that, and then we're going to hear some testimonies from the one and only Molly. And we're going to hear from Luke, which is going to be fantastic as well. So, um, and then we'll finish up with praying. So the first reason is fear makes us selfish. So if you're worried, if you're anxious, you worry about yourself, and sometimes you don't have energy for others. And we can become a slave to fear. It controls us and causes us to think of ourselves. So the first thing the disciples said when this, this, uh, these waves started coming up, they were thinking, God, do you not care about me? I might drown here. I might die. It was a, a personal thing that they were looking at. Number two, fear makes us ineffective. It makes us paralyzed, stuck, and unable to make decisions. 
And I think this can uh, apply to a lot of us. I know it can for me personally. If I get a fearful thought of something maybe in the future or something that's going on in my life, maybe a situation at work, the first thing I want to do is distract myself. So I'll get a phone out. I'll look at my phone, just start scrolling. And it can make me ineffective because I'm not actually dealing with the fear. So it's good to, to just be aware of that. And we should take it to the Lord. When we have fears, instead of distracting ourselves, it's just taking it to the Lord. Number three, fear causes us to lose touch with reality. So we're living in the lie of the what-if situation. So we can often think, what if this might happen? Or what if you know, I go for this job and I apply for this job, but what if I get rejected? Or what if I ask this question and people think I sound silly? I'm just not going to do it. We live in the what-if situation, and it causes us to lose touch with reality. Jesus tells us in John 8, 44, When Satan lies, he is speaking his native language. He is the father of lies. When you get a lie, if you believe it, sometimes you can miss reality. Number four, fear causes us to become God. So when we're afraid of something, we want to have complete control and know exactly what's going to happen. So I think sometimes people who have control issues, they have fear issues because they just want to, they want to know everything. They want to know every step that they're going to take when actually God is in complete control. He's all-knowing. He knows every, every detail. And number five, fear robs us. So John 10.10, 10, Jesus tells us that there is a thief that comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Fear will take your sleep, your energy, your clarity, your joy. Um, and I've experienced this in my life. When I was about seven or eight years old, um, I had this vivid dream of everyone being monsters. And uh, it was probably watching too much Space Jam or something, but... Um, I just thought everyone was monsters, and I had this vivid dream. And I used to be in the supermarket, and I'd be looking down the aisles trying to see, is that person trying to catch me out? Are they? And I just had this fear in me, and it just gripped me. And even in my teenage years, and um, even to this day, every now and then a thought might come in, but I just have to say to myself, I know that that is not true. That is a lie. Number six, fear makes us double-minded and unstable. So we'll say, I'll do what God tells me to do. I'll step out. But then we think, well, what if this might happen? Or what if we, you know, we get really injured or hurt? And uh, as, as Tim mentioned, we're going to Brazil, Tash and I. Uh, we're going in 10 days, so we're counting down the days. Um, lots of stuff still to do. But when we uh, decided to move to Brazil, we, we heard about the church and the opportunities there. And we'll be teaching English. So two days a week, we'll be helping teach English, English out of the uh, church office. And then we'll be spending some time in the community center, which is in one of the favelas, which is a, it's like a slum sort of area, but a lot of them are run by gangs. And so gangs will just oversee all the people that enter and come in and out. And when we heard about this, I got really fearful. I thought, for my wife, I thought, what if anything was to happen to Tash? What if, you know, we go to this place and I thought, you know, if anything was to happen to Tash, that would be horrible. Or, you know, you just worry about the future and, and what could happen, the possibilities. 
And I remember we got off a call um, with Luke, who runs the community center, and we were quite fearful. But we just prayed at night, and we just said, we're not going to let fear grip us. We're not going to let you know, that stop us from going. And so I guess that's a, that's a question for you guys as well. You know, do we allow our fears to stop us from stepping out? What has God, God called each of you to? Are we stepping into that? Or are we going to let fear take over and, and not do what God's calling us to do? Number seven, fear turns us into false prophets. So a false prophet prophesies a future that doesn't come true. And the most powerful false prophet is yourself and your thoughts. We look at the future, we don't consider God will be in it, and we invite a spirit of fear rather than the Holy Spirit and the love of God which casts out fear. So how many of you have feared something that didn't happen? I'd say the majority of us, hey? That, that is the false prophet. So what do we do with our fears? When we're fearful, what do we do? We bring them to the Father. And I thought it would just be great if we had a few people come up and share some testimonies about um, fears that they might have had and how they um, were, to, were able to overcome it. So Luke, if you want to come up and share, um, and then we'll hear from Molly. Yes, as Joel said, just asked me to share a, a little testimony of a time in life where I was just bound up by fear, and uh, the one I'm going to share today is primarily a fear of man, so it was praying in a, a corporate setting like this in a prayer meeting, so praying with other people, um, able to on your own, but when I was in a, in a prayer meeting, I'd go there um, week after week, and I'd be really bound up, really, I'd have the desire to pray out, but just didn't have the words, it was like I didn't know at the time that, you know, that fear as a spirit, and I didn't understand, it would say, like, be quiet, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, 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 don't know, I didn't know how to get the words out, and how I can describe it is, obviously, the Olympics is on, and if you think of, like, the hurdles, um, every single time I'd go to the first hurdle, and I'd fall down, come back again, so week after week mm-hmm. after week, um, just end up crying, weeping, like, this isn't right, and it was, it was probably the fact that I didn't have the freedom to pray out, it wasn't like I needed to pray out, but it was more, I just didn't, I was bound up. It was like, I just didn't know how to get it to shift. And um, so what I found that over time, uh, just as we've just heard, just drawing near to God each time, coming back to him with it, uh, not having the shame of that and thinking, oh, okay, then that's it. Then I need to, you know, this isn't obviously for me. Um, And just week after week, um, and there was just a time after probably over some months, it just happened where I thought, ah, it just, something shifted. And it was like a spirit of faith rose up. And I was able to communicate, and I think in between there, just in God's word, and just, it just coming towards him with it, and he just, just brought me through and delivered me. Mm. So if that is, you know, today, anyone else in, in the room, I just, that he's not disappointed in you, he's patient with that, and um, I learned a lot in that time, actually, of his character, just his character, that he's, he's compassionate in that, yeah. and actually there'll be a time where it, it will shift. Mm. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you, Luke. That's so good. Now we're going to hear from Molly. Molly and John, if you don't know them, guys, you should get to know them. They are awesome. Tash and I, we spent quite a lot of time with them over the last couple of years, just chatting about mission, chatting about uh, heart for God overseas in different countries. So over to you, Molly. Thanks. Um, I've written it down, because if I don't, I'll probably uh, just waffle on. So, <laughs> At the age of 20... 
I suddenly started to have panic attacks. When I went out, fear overcame me. I don't know why, because up till then, I'd been confident and happy. Now, suddenly, it seemed out of nowhere, I'd feel dizzy, my heart would race, and I felt as if I was going to pass out. I was paralyzed with fear, and it felt sometimes I could hardly even walk. The panics increased in many different places, and I thought that I was going crazy, but I didn't tell anyone, and I just tried to cope alone. I was a Christian, and I prayed so much about it. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So on top of everything else, I felt guilty that I wasn't managing. I kept saying to myself, I can't. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't go there. God called me to be a missionary, and still struggling with all these fears and panic, I went to Bible college for two years, then three years at teacher training college. It was a constant battle whenever I had to do something in front of other people, which was most of the time. I taught for a year, and then I went to the Yemen. When I look back, I don't know how I did it. Nine years of panic and fear. All the time, life was a massive struggle and such hard work. It was exhausting. I got married to John. We had children. We worked in the Yemen and Ethiopia. And then we came back to England. And in England, the panics got even worse. I longed and prayed for peace and freedom. A few years later, John was asked to be the pastor of a church. We'd only been there for two weeks when two people individually came up to me as the pastor's wife, and they were asking me for help because they were suffering with agoraphobia and panic attacks. Bit of a laugh, really. How could I help them? I knew then that I had to seek help. By then, it was 25 years that I'd been struggling alone. I hadn't told anyone except John. I was far too embarrassed to tell anyone, thinking that people would think that I was crazy or a hypocrite. But now I was in a corner. Others were asking me for help. We'd got to know two lovely people from the nearby New Frontiers Church, and they came and spent a day with us when I was able to tell them everything. First time I'd told anybody except John anything at all. What a relief it was to spill it all out. 25 mm. years of pent-up fear. God gave them wisdom, discernment, and words for me that spoke right into my heart. They pinpointed it all down to a fear of exposure because of some bad experiences that I'd had at school. As we prayed with this couple, they cut me off from all the stuff that I'd bottled up and all the lies that Satan had bombarded me with. Lies like, you're no good, you'll never make it, you'll never come to anything. Lies, lies, lies. I'd been listening to them for far too long. Then they spoke truth. Oops. Thanks. That's right. Then they spoke truth into my heart, truth from the Bible, who I am, what God thinks about me, how precious I am to him, 
He values me. He came to set me free, to give me joy and peace and fullness of life. Then they explained that my head, full of Bible knowledge, absolutely crammed full of knowledge, it had to go into my heart. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I had to learn to recognize and reject the lies when they came, and I had to learn to replace the lies with truth from God's word, the Bible. I had to put on the armor of God, the belt of truth, the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the devil, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. For me, freedom came over a period of time. First, I had to humble myself. I had to admit that I needed help. With God's help, I had to face up to all the bad negative stuff that I had unconsciously buried. And I had to realize that all the bad things were not necessarily my fault. I'd just been hurt by many circumstances. I had to retrain my mind by the word of God with the help of my husband and a few close friends from our church and lots of prayer and great perseverance. Freedom didn't just come suddenly, but it did come as I recognized and refused the lies and then embraced and received the truth. Gradually and eventually, I began to realize I'm really free. Such a wonderful feeling after 25 years of bondage. Praise God. 25 years of panic, struggles, fears, exhaustion from trying to cope, and misery from feeling a complete failure. Now, freedom through Jesus and his word by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I have joy and I experience abundant life. Praise God. Hallelujah. That is so fantastic. Thank you so much, Molly. Testimonies are so powerful, hey? It's so good to hear testimonies and be encouraged by them and even relate to them, you know? A lot of us here, we've experienced fear one way or another. And so to hear testimonies, it's super helpful. So we're just going to look at four ways on how to deal with fear. And the first is prayer. We need to be reminded of who we are speaking to, the creator of the universe, the God who is in complete control, who knows every single one of you in this room deeply and intimately. God knows you, and we get to go to him and pray whenever we want. How amazing is that? It's so good. And sometimes we can experience instant freedom, but a lot of the time it's longer. Like Molly shared, it was over several years of praying and seeking uh, God and speaking to others and experiencing freedom. We need to replace panic with prayer. When we pray, we are trusting God is doing things that we don't see. We pray, Lord, remind me that you're in control. Keep me mindful of your faithfulness. Replace my fears with your peace, Lord. And the next point is uh, scripture. So how do we deal with fear? Scripture. I love these verses in Philippians 4. It will come up on the screen. But it says, rejoice in the Lord always. So in the midst of our fears, are we rejoicing? Are we rejoicing in the Lord? I'll say it again. Rejoice 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. When you're fearful, find things to rejoice in. Rejoice in Jesus for saving us, saving us from death. Thank him for his grace and his mercy on our lives. In the same chapter of Philippians, it goes on to tell us, as believers, exactly what we should focus on. And it's not fear, it's not coronavirus, it's not death, it's not worries, anxieties. But it says in verse 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. God's truth silences fears, so we need to believe the word of God and know it. And we're called to meditate on the word of God, called to meditate day and night. Psalms 18.2, it says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and horn of salvation, my stronghold. Do we believe this? Do we believe that he will deliver us from our fears? Because he will. He will deliver us. And when Jesus was on earth teaching the disciples, he taught them not to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own, instead to, instead to seek his kingdom. So this applies to us as well. We don't need to worry about our future because our Father's in control. The third point, um, Holy Spirit. Oh, this, is, this is a good one. There is no fear in the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus comes to bring peace, which is the opposite to fear. And as Christians, we, we get to receive the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus in us, and it refines us and reveals revelation to us. And I believe fear can be heightened uh, when you're parents, when you have children, because you often worry about what happens to your kids or how they grow up. And even that man who shared in the video about his daughter, he was worried that she'd be in a car accident or driving. And fear can often come when you have children. And uh, my parents, they, they had a call in 1998 to, to move to China with their six kids, me being one. And... Uh, all, all under the age of 10, I think it was. And I'm a twin, so if you're trying to work it out. But um, yeah, my parents had this call from God to move to China. And my mother was gripped with fear. She was fearful of her kids going to China and missing out on education. And she was worried about what would happen to her children. And uh, she was reading scripture one night. And she read about Jesus' first miracle where he turns six clay pots of water into the finest of wines. And immediately, my mother was just released from that fear. She knew that God was in control. She knew there and then that God was in control. And I think that's a combination of reading the word and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals stuff to us. I guess a question for you guys, is fear stopping you or your family from making decisions for him? Are there things that God's calling you to and you're worried because your children or you're, you're fearful that something might happen to them so you think, oh, well, maybe I won't do that. Maybe not just yet. Is God calling you to something you know, now? Is he speaking to you now? And the final point is community. Who loves community, hey? Yeah. 
We get to all be together. So good. But we're called to speak out, to speak out our fears. The enemy wants to keep this an internal battle that you keep to yourself. And sometimes when we speak out our fears with others, we can be set free. So that fear I shared earlier about the dream I had, and internally, I rationalized with it. I thought, that, you know, maybe that makes sense. But when you speak it out, that fear was gone because I knew that it wasn't something that I needed to worry about, and I was sharing with people. Um, and so we need to have people in our lives we can share with and be open with. God calls us to be in community, to be a part of the body and walk through it together, to pray with one another, to get wisdom and support. Fear does not bring life. It restricts, it stops us from moving forward. Jesus came to bring life so we can experience it in full. And he came to bring freedom and set people free. So I just want to invite the band up now. Um, it'd be great to respond, guys. I think um, maybe there's something that I've shared that you'd love prayer for. Um, we're going to have a prayer team in the corner. But the enemy does not want you to go for prayer. The enemy is saying, don't, don't go forward. But actually, we can be set free from, from any fears that we have today. And we can believe in it. But we're just going to sing a song now. We're going to respond. And I think Tim's got something for us. And then we'll uh, go on to pray. Thank you, guys.